Hello everyone and welcome to Thoreau Newspaper Analysis which is presented to you by Lawseeko. So today we will be discussing two articles both are from the Indian Express. The first article is titled as Quran case and the powers of judicial review. This article discusses as to if any person wants any particular verse or any part of the Quran or any such religious scripture to be deleted does it fall under the power of judicial review of the court or not? And the second article which is time to make the water switch talks about the consumption of fresh water resources in the agriculture of india and how can we make it more resilient and also can make it more sustainable in the coming future with this let's start the discussion for the first article for the day which talks about the pil in supreme court against the verses of quran so recently a pil that is the public interest litigation has been filed in supreme court by wasim rizvi seeking declaration of 26 verses of quran as unconstitutional non effective and non functional on the ground as these promote extremism and terrorism and pose threat to the sovereignty unity and integrity of the country but the question that we as lawyers or the uh, if we talk about the law in particular that we need to consider here is that yes of course maybe a pil can be filed against such verses of quran or any other religious scripture or holy book but does the supreme court or does do the courts in in our country really have the power to consider such things uh, under the purview of its judicial review or not so if we talk about the power of judicial review then only a law that is defined as you know as such under article 13 clause 3 can be challenged as unconstitutional now as we know that article 13 of the indian constitution talks about the power of judicial review wherein article 13 clause 1 talks about the pre constitutional laws as in the laws which were brought in before the constitution was brought in the country Article 13 clause 2 talks about the post constitutional laws and article 13 clause 3 explains as to what do we mean by the term law so there are a lot of things that are included under law like for example there are various executive delegations that are there laws made by the parliament laws made by the state legislature and even some kinds of customs as well but as we know that even the amendment are, are not considered to be as a law under the meaning of a law under article 13 clause 3 of the constitution and that is why it also says that the definition does not include any religious scripture including the quran so if at all we understand it by the purview or by the power of judicial review so only the terms or only the things that are considered law under 13 clause 3 can be brought under the purview of judicial review and thus such religious scriptures like quran do not fall under the meaning of judicial uh, under the meaning of law and thus are not subjected to judicial review under article 13 of the indian constitution also the words of divine characters are not customs now as we know that customs and bylaws etc are also considered to be as law under the meaning of law under article 13 clause 3 but still the divine characters which are enumerated in such holy scriptures are not considered to be customs and hence are not considered to be law and thus not included under judicial review so quran itself had abrogated several shameful customs of arabs such as female infanticide so even quran had actually fought against such things and thus it itself is not a custom in its whole sense also the freedom of religion under article 25 is subject to public order health morality and other fundamental rights so also we should understand that here freedom of religion definitely is a fundamental right but if at all we would want to touch or move anything with such religious scriptures it would itself infringe the freedom of religion under article 25 
if you talk about the PILs and petitioners in this direction, so PILs became popular uh, post-emergency when the Supreme Court was suffering from crisis of legitimacy due to pro-government decisions. Now, as we knew that at the time of 1975, wherein the national emergency was proclaimed in the country, due to the absolute power which was held by the then ruling party or the government of this Congress, so all the power had moved towards the pro-government, which means that all the decisions of the Supreme Court also were mostly coming in the favor of the government itself. And if at all they were not, so the justices or the judges were also criticized by the government. Now, in such a scenario, the PILs became a popular option wherein the people who thought that the government is not doing something that is right or the courts need to pay more attention towards the social or other issues, so such public interest litigations were more rampantly filed at that time. Then, it was also brought to prevent abuse of the PILs. The case of Narmada Bachao Andolan, which was there in the year 2000, said that PIL should not be allowed to degenerate to become publicly interest litigation, publicity interest litigation or private inquisitiveness litigation. So as we know that the full form of PIL is public interest litigation, wherein if at all there is something that is for the interest of the public at large, so that can be sought in the court of law. But it should definitely not be degenerated or degraded to become a publicity interest litigation, wherein a real purpose of the society at large is not being solved, rather it is only being done for the publicity alone or it should not even become for private inquisitiveness litigation as well, wherein I, let's say for example, I being an individual, have uh, have I have a question or I need to ask something or need to bring something uh, in front of the government, but that does not solve anything for the public at large. So that would only suffice to be a private inquisitiveness rather than a public interest litigation. So, the court looks into the uh, credentials and motive, uh, motives of the petitioner as well and only then a PIL is finally entertained in the court of law. And also in the case of Ashok Kumar in 2003, it was held that no petition can be allowed to indulge in wild allegations about the characters of others and only if at all there is a petition that really in the real sense seeks to bring any kind of benefits to the public at large, only that can be entertained under the purview of public interest litigation. Also, if you try to understand that what were the earlier petitions on Quran, so in 1958, that the Supreme Court in the case of Veera Bandaran Chetiyar had held that Quran was an object held sacred by Muslims within the meaning of Section 295 of the Indian Penal Code and it fell beyond the purview of the offence of blasphemy under Section 295A of the IPC. So basically, Section 295A of the Indian Penal Code reads as whoever destroys damages or defiles any place of worship or any object held sacred by any class of persons with the intentions of thereby insulting the religion of any class of persons or with the knowledge that any class of persons is likely to consider such destruction, damage or defilement as an insult to their religion shall be punishment punishable, punishable with an imprisonment of either description for a term which may extend to two years or fine or with both. So that considerably is the offence of blasphemy under the Indian Penal Code and thus it says that Quran is an object which is held sacred by the Muslims and thus it falls under the meaning of section 295 and thus anything that is done to uh, provide any kind of insult to Quran or any such religious inscription would be considered to be an offence of blasphemy under section 295 of Indian Penal Code. 
and then in 1985 in the case of Chandamal Chopra's PIL for ban on Quran in Calcutta High Court High Court as it allegedly incites violence and promotes enmity amongst different sections was again disallowed so it said that banning the Quran would violate article 25 that is freedom of religion and the preamble of the constitution as well which provides for secularism and thus the court cannot sit in judgment on holy books like Quran Bible Gita and Guru Granth Sahib so the petitioner by filing this petition has promoted disharmony and feelings of enmity between different communities and this definitely is blasphemy under section 295a with this let's discuss the second article for the day which talks about catch the rain so on world water day that was on 22nd march prime minister of india has launched the catch the rain campaign under the government's flagship program under the jal shakti abhiyan now as the name itself is suggesting catch the rain itself is meaning that as we know that rain is one of the purest resources of water and catching the rain by meaning of catching the rain we would mean that we should conserve the water that we are having as fresh water resources so if we specifically talk about the agriculture and water agriculture in india uses about 78% of country's fresh water resources and the majority of it that is 60% of it is consumed by crops like rice and sugarcane and only half of the india's cropped area is irrigated which means that if we talk about the grounds then uh, 64% of the water is uh, the resources are provided by groundwater 23% by canals 2% by tanks and 11% by other sources so here the over exploitation of the groundwater has made the region amongst the three highest water risk hotspots with northeastern china and southwest usa now as we know that in, in india as well the resources for fresh water have been declining day by day due to the over exploitation now be it the canals the rivers or even if we talk about the groundwater uh, recharge as well so that is why it is of utmost importance that we try to conserve the water which we receive through our rains in the monsoon season so if you talk about the canals so 1591 blocks in 256 districts and in india are critical so that is one thing that we need really need to be concerned about and if we talk about the uh, state or the situation of our water resources so according to the central water commission india receives mean annual rain of about 3880 billion cubic meters and only out of this 699 billion cubic meters is utilized and rest is lost to evaporation and other factors thus we should enhance more and more techniques and proper mechanisms through which we can conserve more of more and more of water which we receive through our annual rainfall also according to the united nations report on sustainable development goal number 6 which primarily talks about clean water and sanitation india achieved only 56.6% as per 2019 of the target to provide clean water and sanitation for all by 2030 thus india needs to buckle up in this direction as well Also according to Niti Aayog's Composite Water Management Index of 2019 7.5% households do not have access to drinking water so can you understand that for us when we sit in our houses in our homes it is so easy and comfortable to just go and fetch water for ourselves for drinking purposes but still 7.5% of the households in our country do not have the access to drinking water and India ranks 128th out of 122 countries in water quality index so can you understand that out of 122 countries we are 120 in the position so it's it is really really very serious and we should really be concerned about it india is identified as the water stressed country uh, in the world so here 
there are some technologies and water conservation techniques that have been suggested in the article the first one is the drip irrigation so only 842 liters of water are required is required to produce 1 kg of paddy as compared to 3065 liters under traditional flood flood irrigation so can we can you see that originally in the con conventional manner approximately 3000 liters of water is used to irrigate 1 kg of paddy but here uh, if we use drip irrigation only 842 liters of water can suffice then also we have direct seeded rice and the system of rice intensification methods which saves up to 25 to 30% of water as compared to the traditional flood irrigation method and then finally we have the pani bachao paise kamao by punjab government initiative in which it is an association with the world bank and jpal and it encourages rational use of water among farmers and also has a certain amount of directly transferred to the farmers who save water or power as well so these uh, things or these mechanisms or techniques should be used as it is the need of the art to conserve the water and to make very wise and sustainable use of the water resources So this was all for the day we hope it was a good session for you thank you so much for staying tuned with Lossy Home